where does confidence come from? Confidence doesn't just come from, you know, uh, well, you have to be brave and you have to not be nervous and intimidated by other people. No, no, no. Confidence comes when you have a purpose and you're accomplishing that purpose. You're so focused on your goal that people, other people become invisible. You ever see a child that's building Legos? Like the universe stops existing because they've got a goal. They're just building it, building it, building it. Empires around them can rise and fall. They're still building it. Because they're, they're not looking at what anybody else is doing. When you are clear about your goals, then other people and how well they're moving forward or they're not moving forward or whatever else they're doing, all of that becomes irrelevant. All of that just disappears from your mind. And when that happens, what is confidence? Confidence means you're sure of what you're doing. You find meaning in what you're doing. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. You, don't have, you, don't have, you have nothing to prove because you already have a goal. You're working towards that. And when somebody else comes and says, by the way, I know some people that have the same goal, they're way better than you. Good for them. Thanks, bye. And you keep, keep working on what you're doing. Because you're too focused. You have a, when, when someone is, has qasd in their masjid, when they have a goal and a, a, a direction, a purpose in their walk, you know what that means? Then they're not move, looking this way or that way because they're focused on what they got to look at. That means you're not, you just stop being distracted by what others are doing. And you don't need to tell, hey, by the way, guess what I'm doing? You don't need validation by announcing what you're doing because what you do has so much meaning to you. It, 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 you don't need somebody else to give you a like or throw you a mashallah or throw you, wow, that's amazing. And now finally you feel like you're doing something. You don't, you don't need it. That's confidence. That's, that's not being shallow. And this is why the logical connection, just appreciate that logical connection. What does Allah say? Lower your voice. Lower a part of your voice. This is a remarkable phrase. What does it have to do with walking with purpose? When does someone raise their voice? Someone raises their voice because they want attention. Someone raises their voice because they want other people to listen to them. And stop what they're doing. But when you're clear about what you're doing, you don't need to overpower anybody else's voice. And when you really have purpose in life, when you really have purpose every day, then anybody who wants to benefit from your purpose, you don't have to scream loud and you know, out loud to get their attention. They'll come to you. They'll say, wait, I'm too far away from them. I can't hear what they're saying. I'll go closer to them. You don't have to raise your voice to get to them. They'll just come to you. This is a philosophy of even entrepreneurship, of projects. Some of you want to start Islamic projects, want to start something new, right? And there's, there's, a, there's a principle behind it. Here, we're learning a principle in life and of the things you're going to do in your life. You know, we're living in the advertising world, right? So people are like, how are we going to advertise this new product? How are we going to advertise our new da'wah program? How are we going to advertise this new Islamic book that, you know, we wrote? How are we going to get the word out there? We have to scream loud and clear from every corner before we can, you know. And you know what? The new world, the new ad world of advertising is about endorsements, right? Get an athlete to endorse this shoe, right? Or get some celebrity to say, this, this is the book you want to read, right? So it's all about other people who have accomplished something are now validating what you're hoping people will like because they like them. In other words, the service, the product, the venture, whatever it is, it cannot stand on its own feet. It needs the attention of someone else making it valid. 
On its own, it's not strong enough. Not enough people are benefiting from it. You know why? Because your, your concern is still people and how loud you are and you're still looking around. You're still not focused on your goal. When you're focused on your goal, whether one person benefits from it or a million people benefit from it, it doesn't phase you because that wasn't your purpose. Your purpose was to accomplish something meaningful. And that is where sincerity also comes from. That's where not being a fake person comes from. Because the people that are fake that we talked about last time are so concerned about what? Everyone else. And the people that are real and the people that are legit in their life are people that have a goal in front of them and they don't dissuade themselves. Nothing distracts them from their goal. And those are the people that I would argue Allah gives qubul to. Allah gives acceptance to them. Because they show Allah sincerity in whatever they do, then people's hearts gravitate towards them anyway. They didn't have to cry and get attention from everyone. Their, their work, their contribution, their effort spoke for itself. And when someone comes on board and says, hey, I want to take a part in what you're doing, well and good. And if nobody came, well and good. That's the, what's the mentality being taught to the Muslim? Our, the strength of what we do doesn't come from the validation or the support of people. The strength of what we do comes from the acceptance of Allah, the aid of Allah, and the clarity of our purpose. And Allah's help comes to the mukhlasin and the mukhlisin, the people who are sincere, who are pure in their purpose, who are clear in their purpose. This is a really heavy lesson. Lower your voice. You don't have to broadcast what you're doing. People that build, they build. You know, some of, it's interesting, right? You guys see this in life. You, when you were in high school, some of you are going to be in high school, and some of you are in high school. But when you are in high school, and you have kids that are very loud and obnoxious and outgoing and partying, and they're like in, almost intimidating to be around. You're like, I'm hoping they don't pick on me. And they're, they're like the stars of the school. Like they're the ones who stick out, right? And then there's the quiet, nerdy ones that are like just studying, studying, studying. And they're not really, they're, they're almost invisible. Fast forward 10 years, right? Who's serving fries at a restaurant? And who's, who owns 10 restaurants, right? You see what happens? The people that were clear, even the students that were clear about their studies, they were clear about a goal. They end up meet, meet, getting somewhere. And they didn't have to raise their voice. They didn't have to raise their voice to get there. They, they got there. And then there are people who are very loud and seemed like they were the, 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 you know, the people to emulate, the people to be like, what did they accomplish in life? Where did they get with their life? You see, when it comes to our prayer, when it comes to our prayer, there's a minimum that if you do it, your prayer is good enough. It may not be the best, but it's good. You, you met the minimum requirements, right? When it comes to fasting, there's a minimum requirement. If you met that requirement, your fasting is still good. Right? Okay, so let's just say somebody fasted when while they were fasting, they read Quran the whole day. Or they worshipped Allah the whole day. It's a pretty amazing fast. Fast plus all that worship. And somebody else fasted, and the moment they, the fast started, they passed out. Then they woke up, prayed, passed out again. Woke up, prayed, passed out again. And then Maghrib came and they had a flower. They had a coma, coma fast, right? But did they meet the minimum requirements? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not Ihsan, it's not the best, but... They still fasted, they met the minimum requirement. Somebody, you know, who made wudu, who, who faced the, the proper direction, who wore pure clothes and prayed their salah, they met the minimum requirements. 
even if they were distracted in their prayer, even if it wasn't that great of a prayer, even if they maybe sometimes rushed a little bit, or chose to recite the shortest surahs they know just to get it over with, even if they did that, they at least still met, and I'm not recommending any of it, but technically, did they meet the minimum requirements? Yeah, you can't say they did something haram. Right? What I'm trying to say is, ihsan means, the word ihsan means you do something at the best you could do it. But if, if you don't do your best, that doesn't mean you failed. That doesn't mean you're in trouble. Like it's like saying, if I don't get 100, I failed. No, I could, I could get a 85, I could still pass. A 70 still, I mean, 65 is passing in most schools now, right? So 60, okay, at least I still, it's a, it's a D, but it's not an F. It's not an F, so it's, I still move on to the next class. I, it's not the best score, but in the list of things that are haram, this is what I want you to visualize. When Allah makes a list of things that are haram, Allah is saying anybody who crosses this line has failed. Anybody who crosses this line is in trouble. And I would argue that in the Quran, when it comes to our parents, our parents are the only ones that if you don't do, if you do anything less than your best, that's haram. Because of this ayah. Because this ayah is about things that are what? Haram. It's a scary thing. Allah didn't even expect ihsan in every prayer. He didn't expect ihsan in every dealing. He didn't. He didn't say it's haram for you to be short of ihsan. But in when it comes to parents, anything short of your very best is a violation. It's a violation. My job is to find out if I'm not, if I'm not doing something haram. It's about me before it's about anything else. When you start reading the Quran so you can find things to point at somebody else, that's, that's when your relationship with the Quran stops. That's when it stops. Because now you're using this book to point fingers at who does what wrong. And I no longer look at myself. I no longer see this as a book that's talking about me. I see this as a book that's talking about